Welcome to Manga Head episode four. I think we're on. Pretty sure it's episode four because we missed a week. You uh, think? Our apologies on. Yeah, I don't remember shit. Our apologies on that. Uh, I did not. I did not read the arc. Is all it really boils down to. So I had to speed read it the two past two days. But we're here now, so that's all that matters. We're getting out sooner rather than later. So. Over the past two weeks, we read the Aegiri Tree slash Eleventh War Ward arc, which uh, was chapters forty-seven through seventy-seven, or no, seventy-nine. I'm sorry. So about thirty-two chapters, roughly. I think that's actually the exact number, unless I'm shitty at math, which is true. So I actually took notes on the first volume of this one so i didn't forget everything and then last night i read the last 20 back to back so it's still pretty fresh in my mind so this episode we should have a little bit more to say plus it's a fairly long arc so strap in because we're just going to jump right into it strap in he says strap on we out here all right well, first things first, we're seeing a lot of the, the CCG. A lot more of it, anyways. And then we got a new character introduced. Mr. Uh, Juzo Suzuya. Suzuya, yeah. I have a feeling that Juzo is going to be, like, a major character. But, like, in this arc, like, obviously he's a big deal because he's, like, the CCG's kind of ghoul, superhuman soldier type of thing. But I think he's... My prediction with him is that he's probably not going to always be that in this story. I think he's uh, going to play a bigger role and like probably join Kaneki or some shit because of what happened in this arc. If I had to take a stab at it. But yeah, we see a lot more of the CCG in this arc, which I think it kind of humanized them almost into what their whole organization stood for, if that makes sense. Cause well, I mean, it... Suzia <clears throat> does not seem human at all, in my opinion, because... Did well, not, him? not him specifically. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, uh, you can understand, like, what they do now, because they're not just, like, killing good ghouls anymore, if that makes sense. You see why they are doing what they do, which is... I mean, I almost feel fucking weird saying that because I feel like a big inspiration for them might be may not necessarily like Nazis, but just kind of like uh, like genocidal stuff in in general. Because um, they definitely what's that? The CCG. Yes, I kind of get that vibe from them. Interesting. I also I think the bigger vibe I get though is more FBI slash CIA type of vibes. It's kind of what I think they're more aimed towards because they don't really like just want to kill every ghoul in existence. They more kind of like they don't really spy on them at all in this arc. But you know what I mean. They just they're not like just trying to murder all of them. They're trying to kill ones that are not good. If that makes sense. Right. But they have a misconception of what's good and what's not is mainly what I meant. So I actually retract my genocidal Nazi statement. 
But basically, the gist of this arc is, you know, Tokyo split up into different wards. Kaneki and the Anteku group is uh, in the 20th ward, and a new character named Banjo, who is from the 11th ward, which is actually an area that Rize ran with Banjo, shows up and pretty much asks Kaneki, like, where's Rize? And Kaneki's like, oh shit, this guy either has beef with me or Rize was his girlfriend, and I'm going to have to tell her that she's dead. So, you know, essentially what happens is Banjo tells Kaneki of the 11th Ward and what's going on there, which is this group called the Aogiri. I think it's pronounced that. Is it pronounced Aogiri? Yep. Okay. So the Aogiri is basically like a cult of ghouls is the way I'd, I'd describe them. And they have taken over the 11th Ward and their plan is to try and take over more wards up to the 20th ward of Tokyo. So I didn't, I didn't really get a whole lot else from them. I might've missed it, but I was trying to read as closely as I could. And maybe I just totally spaced out or wasn't paying too much attention, but I didn't really get like a lot of information about the Aogiri in general and everything they stood for. I more, I mainly got like who the big baddies were like the owl um, they had a few more like other... I don't know if they necessarily like have a reason or a purpose. I think they're like obviously there's a CCG who is trying to shut down all the ghouls, and then there's the Aogiri, which is like I'm pretty sure the opposite, where it's like they want the ghouls to run free. <laughs> and then the, obviously there's the uh like middle ground, you know? Right, like a. Uh... Like Kaneki's group, who are just kind of trying to go through life, Live. they don't necessarily go see either side of that battle. So, what happens is Kaneki ends up getting kidnapped by the Aogiri. So does Banjo, or no, Banjo doesn't. Sorry, just Kaneki. But they uh, are in the eleventh ward. Kaneki kind of meets Ayato, who is uh, Toka's brother. And what's that? Ayato. Ayato. Uh, we meet him. And pretty much what happens from then on is the 11th Ward pretty much becomes an all-out war with the CCG going and launching an operation on them and then uh, Kaneki's group coming to save them all. And this arc was really action-packed for the last half of it. The first half was more exposition and more world-building, which I actually liked quite a bit. But the last half was... I think it really showed... Um, I always forget the fucking manga's name. What's his name again? Uh, Sui Ishida. Yeah, it shows Ishida's whole... How good his art actually can be. And how well he panels his uh, his fight scenes, and it gave me a lot of uh, not Naruto vibes, but almost from what I've seen, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen vibes. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, Jujutsu Kaisen is pretty popular for that reason. So, the fight scenes in this were pretty good. Um, they were well drawn, well executed. 
you get a lot more information about Cognes and how like chapter 53 in general explains every Cognes and exactly what they are, which I'd have to go back and, and reread it to everyone to really explain what all of them do. But it was kind of interesting to learn more about the power system in this uh, this manga because that's something that I'm I really like. right now real quick. You're what a Cognet is? So like a Cognet is something made up of RC cells. And like the RC cells are being discharged outside of the body. And they flow like blood. It's like a, they're saying it's a liquid muscle basically that that can become harder than teeth. This is all I'm quoting it from the manga, so see. So ghouls accumulate RC cells in their blood by consuming humans and the accumulated RC cells are sent to a sack known as the Kakuho and they're stored there. And so they break through the skin when they're discharged. Let's see. And so yeah, that's the Kagune. It's like hardened RC cells basically. And so they have uh, there's four different kinds. There's the Ukaku which uh, usually look like like wings, and they're around the sh shoulders. There's Kokaku, which is a uh, right below the shoulder blades. There's Rinkaku, which is like middle of the back, kind of almost. It's near their hips. You know, it's like a tentacle. There's Bikaku, which is just like a tail, basically. And so those are the four kinds. Right. So I mean. It's not like super crazy in depth yet. I mean, it's a little bit to wrap your head around, but it was interesting to get more information on that because that's something that's uh, a big part of manga for me. Is I like power systems like Nen and and Naruto's whole jutsus and all that jazz. Um, this one is pretty interesting so far. Uh, it's definitely got like a more I don't want to say scientific necessarily, but it's, it explains it more than just, oh, it's it's magic, you know. But at the end of the day, it is just kind of magic to me. It's not magic. It's part of their body. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's not like possible. I guess a ghoul is not really like a like a magical being. It's more like a demonic type of being, I suppose. So, I wouldn't say any of them have like magic abilities, though. They're all just like natural abilities so far, anyways. What the fuck you talking about, boy? The Kagunes. Are they natural abilities, my guy? Because they're ghouls. Like, Doss, you have to look at this in like a, a point of view where you're in this world. You have ghouls and humans. That's how it is. That's the natural like order. And so their abilities aren't magical. It's just their natural abilities. I suppose that's true. Kind of like I an anteater. You call, are you going to call his long-ass tongue a magical ability? It is pretty fucking magical. I mean, I ain't never had a long-ass tongue like that. I, I, but still. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess I didn't really view the series as that, but it's hard for me to view it that way so far, just because... Like, yeah, the world, everyone in the world knows that there's ghouls and stuff, but the ghouls still feel very secretive and hidden, which I understand, but it doesn't really feel like they're quite developed all the way yet, I suppose, is 
kind of what I'm getting at. Which, I mean, we're only about halfway through, so. But basically, to uh, sum up what the rest of what happens in this arc, it's all at war until, like, the last three chapters where the CCG, they, uh, I mean, they've killed, like, a lot of the Aogiri, but, uh, essentially... Noro. What does Noro fucking do again? Um. He set a. Uh, I'm reading it right now. A. He reveals a clock set to two, and Noro picks up Ayato and leaves. Ayato, sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kaneki and Ayato had a fucking badass fight scene. But. Essentially, the CCG has killed a fuck ton of the Aogiri, but they end up, you know, Ayato and uh, Noro end up escaping. So they aren't all wiped out, which I'd assume they're probably going to be making another appearance here shortly in the series. The king never showed up, right? Yeah, the one-eyed king never shows up either. There was the owl, Noro, and a few other, like, villains who... They show up, but I mean, like the the owl, I don't really remember a whole bunch of what happens with him. The owl? Yeah, I don't, I can't really remember exactly like what he was doing the entire time. I don't think he he had like a huge fight scene. I don't think he really did anything. I mean, he stood there. He looks cool. Or, no, the owl has a fight scene with uh, Shinohara. Does he? Yeah, he does. But it's kind of overshadowed by uh, the Anteku group fighting all the other Aogiri and all that. Oh, okay, so this is... uh, You also meet Jason, right? Yeah, you meet Jason. Yeah, you you meet Jason. Yeah, he wrecks the 13th ward. That's literally what I wrote for chapter 56. Jason wrecks 13th ward. That's all I wrote. I mean... Yeah, but Jason also just, like, he's the one who kind of enabled Kaneki. Yeah, that's... That's a good point. I didn't really think of that. And then his hair is now white. Right. <gasps> why why does his hair turn white again? It's uh what's it called? Marie Antoinette syndrome? Antoinette? What is that? Is that like an actual thing or is that like a Tokyo Ghoul thing? No, it it's the condition in which scalp hair suddenly turns white. Because of stress. Oh, okay. Which, like, a lot of anime characters where you see their hair change really fast all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, they have that. I think uh, that's just kind of a cop-out, because white hair just looks a lot cooler most of the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, like... This arc was just kind of... It was definitely the best arc so far. Like, I liked it more than the gourmet arc, which... It ties back into the gourmet arc because Shu 
comes to the third or the eleventh ward and he doesn't like fight, you know. Like the, uh, the in depthness. Like we're not the, talking about the the, the I want to go back to the Jason thing, so because I wasn't done. We don't talk about how he, like, got absolutely tortured and like was going crazy. Like, Jason was literally pulling off his fingers and toes over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, what chapter was that? I don't even remember that being here. Chapter sixty-one. Chapter sixty-one. Oh, that's right. Okay, I remember this. And that's when Konaki's mother is there. This is the giant flashback chapter. Well, it's just kind of showing, like, what's going on, you know, the process. And then he also sticks... He sticks a centipede in Konaki's ear. That's right. I... I... I was kind of nodding off from about most of volume seven. Not going to cap. I was laying in bed and I kind of like was nodding off for some of it. But I mean, chapter volume eight is I, I was paying a lot more attention. Yeah, I mean, and like you were saying, we get to see some of the background. Yeah, it's there's a lot more like flashback scenes and kind of like how the ghouls minds work, I guess. And you learn a lot about certain characters. Like, Kaneki's whole mother thing was very interesting to see, because I didn't even know he really had parents the entire series. And we kind of learn, like, how he feels like a failure, because his mother tells him, instead of being a person that hurts others, become the person getting hurt. Um... So, I mean, we kind of see how Kaneki truly has felt about himself for most of the series. And I don't think we ever, like, see his dad, but we do see his mother. Uh, we learn of, like, his best friend. Uh, I always What's his best friend's name again? The one that doesn't know he's a ghoul still? Uh, Hide. Yeah, we learn more about him and how him and Kaneki became friends. So there's a lot more characterization for Kaneki, which I enjoyed, because so far he's just kind of felt like, oh, I'm a ghoul and I don't like it. But we kind of learn more about him. And this is finally, like, this arc is when he really, truly began to accept himself and what he can be and how he's going to use his abilities kind of for the good, I would say. Towards the end is the vibe I got from it with him not going back with with his old friends to uh to stay in the 11th ward with banjo so Kaneki gets a lot more character development he seems a lot more confident in himself and he's a much more enjoyable character to really be around finally which i enjoy a big thing is like we see Kaneki um you know, he's going crazy and he sees Rize. Right, yeah. And then he basically takes a bite out of Rize, which I don't know how, but that powered him up, him up even though Rize's dead. Yeah, that did not... I just kind of had to move on from that one. That one didn't make a lot of sense to me. But so, at the same time, Jason is talking about how he's a cannibal, so he's going to be really strong. Right. 
But it's really cool to see Kaneki just basically power up. And uh, we get to see a Kakuja. Which is basically like a cannibalized Oh, yeah. Kakune. Yep. I mean, yeah, everything with like Ayato and Kaneki in this arc, that was like the big star show of the arc to me. Uh, I just know him, Kaneki. There's yeah, just so many things in this arc. Like, my biggest thing is definitely the Jason and Kaneki thing. Because Kaneki was a little crybaby bitch, and now because he went through that, he's not anymore. Right, and like, Jason definitely. Like, that's really important, you know? Well, yeah, it's important. I just think that. It was and it was entertaining that was, but like the Ayato and Kaneki stuff, while because you get a confident Kaneki with a very annoying Ayato who I mean the entire time they're just pretty much telling each other how terrible they are and how Ayato is a terrible person. Yeah, but Kaneki also ate Jason. So he's a Kakuja now. I'm which not. is a very you think thing. I'm disagreeing. No, but you. you're. I'm just trying to make you understand what he's doing. Because I don't think you understand the big extent of what he just did. Because he just ate another ghoul. He's a cannibal now. And he's going to be ten times stronger. And he's going to... He's crazy, basically. Right. I, I mean, obviously, you pick up on that. Because he, he's pretty insane the entire arc. Until the very last few chapters. When everything's calmed down. So, I mean... That was definitely probably like the big major event of this whole arc is Kaneki's character development. It feels like everything has led up to that moment. Yeah, now Kaneki feels like he has to protect everybody and things like that. Yeah, he finally... He's kind of accepting his role in the story that has been set for him, finally. Which is really nice to see, because so far he's felt like a pretty... Not one-dimensional, but just kind of... Oh, I don't like being a ghoul, you know. Uh, oh, and we also saw just, like, Juzo absolutely destroy Jason after. Yeah, Juzo was a character that... They're still very mysterious, and we don't... Like, we learn stuff about them, but... They are by far, like, one of the more interesting characters that we don't know a lot about so far. We just um, know he's absolutely crazy. Yeah, and he works with the CCG, and he's kind of like their little soldier boy. So that's Owl comes in because he's he's fighting Ayato. Oh yeah, he is. That's right. I forgot about that. Before Kaneki and him fight, right? And we don't know who. What was I saying? We don't know. Um. Noro. No, we don't know who the one-eyed ghoul is, right? Oh, the one-eyed king? No, not yet. No, the one-eyed... Or the, the owl, sorry. Oh, the owl? No, we don't know who he is yet. Okay, but that right. was interesting. Uh, I kind of forgot that he was also one-eyed because Kaneki is also one-eyed and a lot of the ghouls kind of mention how Kaneki's one of the only one-eyed ghouls they've ever seen. So it's interesting to see how there's another one who I think will probably be a big deal later down the line. I can't imagine they just drop that. 
Yeah, and we also get to see a lot of the, uh, or some of the backstory for Toka and her brother. And yeah, that was, that was... Aogiri is basically just, a lot of them are just cannibals, which is the biggest thing, which is why they're, like, really big, bad, and really strong. Which is funny, right. because Ayato just decides to eat <laughs> Toka, basically, in their fight. And so that's yeah. why Kaneki just comes out of nowhere, and he's like, oh, Toka. <laughs> My child. Not my child, but, you know. Yeah. No, we do learn a lot more about, like, Toka and Ayato and their relationship when they were children with their parents and all that, which, there's pretty fucked up shit there. I mean, doesn't Ayato, like, kill their parents? No. No? I thought maybe I'm just Naruto-pilled thinking that that's how that works. Pretty sure I mean, the but... dad dies from a CCG member. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. And then the the people are actually using the dad's thingy majiggies. The dad's uh, Kagune, the CCG yeah. members are. I mean, yeah, so we, we, we kind of learn why Ayato hates the CCG so much. We definitely do learn that, and why Toka also hates the CCG. So. Well, the thing is, like, they both took different paths, so, like, Toka took the, uh, higher road, basically, and then Ayato's going down, and just... Yeah. But, yeah, Con see Kaneki like... come out, and, you know, basically save Toka, and then that's when the Ayato and Kaneki fight happens. Yeah, that was, that fight was, like, just the drawing, and, like, the way it actually looked... And the way the power system was taking effect in that battle, that was definitely the most entertaining battle of this series so far for me. Right. It was probably just the most entertaining moment in the series so far. Um, and then we see the two CCG investigators fighting the owl at the same time. Oh, yes, we do. Shinohara and his uh, little assistant boy. No, they're two uh, higher up people yeah shinohara is is one of the higher ups fighting the it's owl. not it's not his assistant boy it's the other oh but Peter. i mean overall i mean like this arc was it was definitely the best one so far i mean every other arc has just kind of been like i liked the gourmet arc but this arc kind of it kind of showed me more what tokyo ghoul is all about and the themes of it with the themes of learning to accept yourself and um, kind of those themes of not really, not necessarily betrayal, although that is a theme that's somewhat relevant, but more, main, it's mainly accepting yourself is the vibe I'm getting from it. And, you know, not looking at your, not necessarily a disability, but more looking at something that others may perceive as wrong with you uh, and making it a good thing. Or, you know, some, some ghouls, you know, they may think what they're doing is good, but others are, you know, not agree in agreement with that. So that's the big vibe that I'm getting so far with the series is uh, learning to accept certain things about yourself that's different than others. Probably the case for uh, Kaneki. What's that? That's certainly the case with uh, Kaneki. Only the? Are you saying that's only the case with him? No, I'm saying that's like not really. 
Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. I mean, I get that vibe with not just him, but with pretty much every character, personally. Well, every yeah, character. a lot of characters are, like, trying to find themselves, but Especially, I think... like, Toka's another one. In my opinion, the big overall take from this is, like, I mean, just a lot of, like, undertones, you know, like, obviously the big like, I don't know, racist almost because the ghouls, you know, versus humans and yada yada, it's always just something to do with the different kinds of people. Right, and that's kind of like, I wouldn't quite say racism, but I'd definitely say more prejudice against certain types of people. Um, and, you know, not viewing like ghouls as people or not viewing the CCGs, you know, people, they're just like, oh, those are just humans. When, at the end of the day, all of these characters have humanistic traits about them, or human-like qualities about them, and they're all just kind of in the same world trying to find, trying to just make it, and they're all very human in their own way, except, you know, obviously the super evil ones. But for the most part, every character's been fairly well-rounded and not super one-dimensional and annoying, so that's been nice to see. Which yeah, I, I can't say that about a lot of other mangas. I mean, there's plenty of Naruto characters that I don't think have any development at all throughout a 700 page or chapter manga, whereas in 70 pages, Kaneki's evolved a lot already. And, you know, we see that Toka kind of so far, she's been like the big badass character of, of Tokyo Ghoul, but we kind of saw her take more of a step back in this arc, which was nice. It was kind of strange because I feel like she kind of got her ass handed to her most of the time, which, I mean, it makes sense. She's fighting her brother, so. But, I mean, it was nice to just see Kaneki, who is the main character of the series, finally feel like the main character of the series, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that last chapter with Toka and Kaneki is really sad because it's like Toka obviously like you can see that she Yeah, that, that panel is going where to she's like Kaneki. laying on her bed saying that, yeah. I mean it's definitely just uh It's finally starting to feel like Tokyo Ghoul knows what it wants to do and what it's actually about and you know what what uh the author is going for here which better late than never is what i'll say i mean the gourmet arc kind of was where the series started to find its footing for me at least because the first three arcs they're not terrible they're not bad they're just kind of like okay you know i i get it there's ghouls and kind of like an fbi type of group that doesn't like the ghouls and they, they don't like each other and they fight but like what's this What's this actually about? Who's the main antagonist? Who do I root for? Who's the main character? What are the themes? And this arc finally definitely kind of snapped things into that mode for me where it felt more focused. It felt like it had ideas of what it wanted to be, which I really appreciated. So, Do you have any, uh, any ideas about what's going to happen? Um. Well, just kind of judging from I'm looking at the arc names right now I definitely think 
There's gonna be a raid on Kanu's lab. That's for that's for damn sure, Marks. Well, I don't know. The dark names. What? what? They're always right here. I always have to look at them because I always gotta look at the chapters. But I mean, realistically, I think the Aogiri, they are not done. We're obviously gonna get more with Ayato. We're gonna get more with Noro. Uh, I think the leader of the Aogiri is going to the one I come in. The one on King. Uh, isn't Tatara his name? What about him? That's that's his name, isn't it? I, I the one wrote... King? No, Tatara isn't the one on King. He's oh, higher okay. up in the Aogiri. Oh, like, okay. But he's not the one eyed okay. King. Right. Uh, I just, I think we'll definitely, I think the Aogiri is going to be more of the main antagonistic force of the series. Kind of like, uh, they feel like the Akatsuki and Naruto to me, or like maybe, maybe the Chimera Ants in a way, is they're, they're a group of people that are antagonists to the group that we're supposed to be rooting for, which I think is the Antaiku group. And then there's a separate force, which is the CCG, which the CCG, just to mention, uh, they actually got a lot more interesting in this arc. They didn't just feel like a bunch of fucking douchebags that were just trying to kill ghouls for no reason. You, They actually came in and did some good, in my opinion, with uh, killing a lot of the Aogiri, because the Aogiri just kind of want to... They kind of got weird morals, in my opinion. Yeah. So... What do you, I mean, what do you think I, I, happen with Kaneki, though? What do I think is going to happen with him? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of hard to say. I think, I think we're going to see him more transition into being a lot more confident about himself and being. Uh, I don't want to say he's going to think he's a badass, but I think he's going to get in over his head with certain things. And he's probably going to get his ass whooped really hard later on, and then he's going to be all sad, and then there's going to be a big final, like, look into himself, and he's going to realize, okay, I have to go help my friends or something. I mean, just judging from, like, what happens with uh, the hero's journey in most stories and uh, in most mangas I've read, you know, the main character, they kind of have a cycle of... They find themselves, they believe in themselves, they power up, and their next foe is stronger, pushes them back down to Earth, and then they have to kind of redo that process of looking within themselves, upgrading themselves, and then they can fight their next foe. So Right. I don't really I don't really know like event wise, I don't have a whole lot of predictions, but you know, thematically I can make predictions based off of that. I was going to say, do you have any idea who the owl and the one-eyed king are? Uh, honestly, no. I'm going to assume they're like... I, I just, I really can't tell. I feel like maybe somehow Motto is part of all of this, because he just seemed like a big character to just kill off in the first ten chapters. I could be wrong, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if, like, the last fucking arc there's this big deal with the owl and it turns out he's motto and amen and him get into some huge fight or something yeah are you saying yeah as in i'm correct or are you saying i'm just saying yeah you know i can't i can't really say much you know because i know everything about what's gonna happen 
that's true. Um, I think we can kind of transition out of this arc now. I kind of actually want to talk about some of some plans or some ideas I had for the next manga we read because we're about halfway through this one. So I figured we could maybe discuss that real quick on the podcast if you wanted to. Wait. Well, we're halfway through Tokyo Ghoul, but not Tokyo Ghoul, Ghoul Re. Oh, is that like not a separate story? They're two separate storylines with the same character characters, basically. Because there's Tokyo Ghoul, and there's Tokyo Ghoul Re, and they they're all connected. So it is like basically just this gigantic story, but Tokyo Ghoul Re is also just like another separate 100 to 200 chapters or whatever. Oh, I didn't realize that Tokyo Ghoul Re was like about Kaneki still and all that. Yeah. Well, now I feel fucking stupid. Why? Because I didn't think that we were going to read that, but uh, we're going to have to. I, I told you we were gonna. No, you didn't. I swear to God we did. We no. talked about it, I, and I explained it to you. No, I remember you, you said, are we going to read Tokyo Ghoul Re? And I said, I don't know. Probably not. Because I didn't know it was a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's like the way Tokyo Ghoul ends, you have to continue. So it's basically Naruto and then Shippuden is what I'm hearing. Just we talked about this before, though. That's literally exactly what you said, and I said yes. We've talked about this. Okay, you're gonna have to remember. Like, I, I, I don't remember things very well. But this yeah, was, I mean, we don't have to read. Thing. We don't have to read Tokyo Ghoul re instantly. But we're like, well, we may as the way well. the way Tokyo Ghoul ends. It's just like, oh, I gotta read the rest. We, we may as well just kind of go all at once. I don't see why we shouldn't. But anyways, yes, we can talk about what we're gonna read after. Uh, I mean, I kind of had a few ideas. I thought maybe we should read Hunter Hunter, just because I, I haven't actually actually finished that manga, so I'd like to do that. How long is Hunter Hunter? About 300 chapters. Well, it's actually almost four. Okay. Which, that's basically as long as Tokyo Ghoul and Tokyo Ghoul recombined. I guess Tokyo Ghoul is maybe a little bit shorter. Um, I kind of want to do Berserk as well, just because of, Mur- M- how do you pronounce his last name? Mura, 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 I think. Mura, Marua, Miera, not that, that's definitely not that. But yeah, I'd like to do that at some point too. Okay, so I don't know about the Hunter Hunter, but yes. What do you mean you don't know about Hunter Hunter? I want to read Hunter Hunter. Why not? Because I've heard the art style is very bad. and Nope, not true. And you can basically just watch the anime and you basically know what happens in the So much cap. You need to take your cap off. That's what I've heard from multiple different people. Oh, yeah? I mean... You have, I thought you said you hadn't read, read it. Well, I've read some of it. I've read the first... Uh, I've read up to Chimera Ant. I have not read Chimera Ant or the arcs past that. I mean, like, I'll I'll read it, you know? The art is not bad. That's... that's. I don't know who told you that. Everyone? 
Well, who? No. Well, let me let me just go look at it. It is not bad. It's not like the greatest, but it fits the series perfect. Let me let me look. Just had a couple chapters. It looks just fine. I'm gonna move to a random chapter. Let's see. 107. Like I there's so many fucking good spreads in that in that entire series. I don't think it's bad. It's just definitely like when did Hunter Hunter come out? Yeah, the mid nineties, I wanna say. Yeah, it's that art style for sure. I I mean, yeah, it's a little dated, but Granted, the series hasn't been on hiatus for, like, ever now, so. Uh, I think we can probably just wrap it up here, though. I don't really have a whole lot else to say on the whole Aogiri arc. It was it was really good, and I really did enjoy it, even though it may not have seemed like it in this podcast. I definitely think it's the best arc of Tokyo Ghoul so far, and I'm excited to see where the story goes. Yes. That's all you got to say about, about the ending? Or not um, about the ending, about about. I guess she's already. I, I can't say much it. though. That's true. It's just like I know what's gonna happen. Like I'm. I think the next arc is. I can't remember if it's the next arc or the arc after that. That's my favorite. So we get to see Kaneki and his crazy side, basically, because I don't think you're interpreting how crazy it is that Kaneki ate another ghoul and how it can mess up somebody's brain. Well, yeah, I have not quite comprehended that, but they haven't quite showed it to the, the full extent yet. We saw yeah. Jason. We saw all the other cannibals. I mean, yeah, we saw them, but, like, Kaneki is the main focus. That's who I focus on the most. You know what I'm saying? You gotta look deeper into the other characters as well. That's fair. It's tough for me to do that when I... He, was dumb and did not read the the arc on time. So I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to split it up and not rush myself. And I'm going to take more notes because I think taking notes definitely helped this episode. So uh, the next, I think what we're going to try and do the next arc is the post Aogiri tree slash time skip arc, which is volumes nine and 10. And then the arc after that is Raid on Kanyu's Lab, which is chapters or volumes 10 and 11. So we have four volumes to read. Uh, it's Thursday. And I'll probably have enough. I, I will be able to read about a volume a day, I'd assume. So we're going to try and get through this and record, get back on schedule, record on Fridays or Saturdays again and get the episode out by Sunday. I apologize for this being late. That is my fault. Uh, Morgan's already read this all the way through, so it doesn't really matter if she doesn't read the arc on time. I just got, I have a wacky work schedule right now, so I had a, I had a tough time getting through this. And I was also in the process of finishing a Stephen King series I've been reading. So I wanted to, I, that, that took priority for me because I don't want this to sound annoying, but novels take priority for me over manga that I'm reading, if that makes sense. I kind of I try to set a schedule for myself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
So anyway, I think we're going to cut it off here. Thank you for listening to Manga Head. Uh, if you guys have any suggestions or questions or comments, uh, you can find us on Twitter, which is just at Manga Head, spelled the exact same way as it is on Spotify. And I actually wanted to check and see if we are on Apple Podcasts yet. I don't think we are. I don't. I think we. I need to figure that out because I don't know what the hell is going on with that. We are on. Let's see, podcast availability. Yeah, so we're still not on. Uh, Apple Podcast for whatever reason. So we'll try and figure that out. But for now, you can find us on basically anything else. So thank you for listening. Uh, Mark, any closing remarks? Yeah. Uh, check out Tokyo Ghoul. No, actually, you need to read something else instead. Okay. Sorry, guys. I mean, you just you just have to. All right, well, I think we're going to leave it at that. So uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.